Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Welcome. I'm tired of the Putin wing of the media, the Putin wing of the Republican Party, the Putin wing of the Democrat Party. I am tired of the isolationists who claim to be America first, who are America last, I'm tired of the radical left in this country, which has this odd alliance with such people. What you saw and see in Bucha, which is a small suburb northwest of Kiev, is genocide. It's a town of, what, four or five hundred people? Something to that effect? And the media have gone in there and they're showing us what's taking place. This isn't propaganda from Zelensky and the Ukrainians, the neocons and the federal contractors. They're talking about war crimes trial for Putin. Do we have Putin? Is this thing over? The Ukrainians won? Of course there should be a war crimes trial, but that that's in the future, hopefully. That doesn't save a single life. They keep going behind a microphone with a helicopter. Should be war crimes. A war crime. Well, okay. But Biden won't say it's genocide. Neither will the National Security Advisor, neither will the Secretary of State, because it's not systemic, they say. Well, of course it's systemic. But that's not the definition of genocide anyway. Moreover, 
You want to know why they won't say it's genocide? Because that means we need to do more in the face of genocide. Ask the Ukrainian people if they think it's genocide. Now, what did they find in this little town? What did the Russians do? And they're doing it in every damn town. Because their orders come from high. Putin. He just wants a little space, that's all. That's all. He's just worried about NATO, you know. I mean, the collapse of the Soviet Union really, really affected his ego. He is a cold-blooded mass murderer, you know. History is strewn with such low-life animals. Torturing people. Raping the women. The Russians are known to do that, by the way, in wartime. Mark, you're just anti-Russian. My ancestors are Russian. I'm not anti-anything except evil. Bodies burned. People with severed limbs, people decapitated. Women and children murdered, using children on tanks. And mass graves. People shot at close range, in the back of the head, most of them. You want to talk about Nazism? That's Nazism. So Biden won't call it genocide today. Now, let me be abundantly clear about this. On the one hand, this administration likes to claim it's taking the lead by sending Stinger missiles and Javelin missiles. You still don't hear about Harpoon missiles, which is what they need in the South to attack those ships. You still don't hear about MiGs, which is what they need Now, in the north and the east and the south, but particularly in the east now, where Putin is amassing his forces. You need to be able to take the battle to the enemy. Yes, it's important to shoot their planes and choppers out of the sky, but you need to take the battle to the enemy. You need more tools. You need more options. And we're denying it to these people. We're denying it to these people. Because we say Putin might use nukes. Putin is not going to use nukes. Because we have nukes too. And Russia's had nukes for a long time, more than half a century, and they haven't used them yet. They didn't use them when they were getting their asses kicked in Afghanistan, when Reagan was arming the Northern Alliance. Or in Angola. Or in Cuba. Or in Nicaragua. Or anywhere else for that matter. Because in the end, Putin wants to live. He's a coward. In the end, that's what he wants. I don't want to hear anymore that the Ukrainians or their government or America or the Europeans... Are like war or want to get into a war or whatever the stupid ass comments are. Americans don't like war. 
On the other hand, Americans care about humanity. Here and abroad. This wanton slaughter of innocent people. Does it happen in other places of the world? Of course it does. You pick your fights. But it's funny how Putin's involved in so much of it. Whether it's hundreds and hundreds of thousands in the Middle East. Tens of thousands in Chechnya. And thousands and thousands, maybe even tens of thousands now in Ukraine. He's an evil man. He's got his cheerleaders and supporters in this country. You know, who, you know who they are, and I know who they are. But the fact of the matter is, we Americans don't take kindly to atrocities and war crimes and genocide, Joe Biden. It's genocide. And because, Joe Biden, in part, you have failed to do enough. You have failed to lead. You have failed to unify NATO and Europe and any other country that wants to help the Ukrainians to provide them with actual weapons that they need to win that war. They win it. It's an amazing thing that they will have won it with a lack of equipment in their their situation now. That people are going to continue to suffer and be slaughtered, tortured, raped, maimed, disemboweled, and all the rest of it. These people fight like animals. The Putin war machine fights like animals. These aren't a bunch of young conscripts who don't want to be there. I know we heard about that three or four weeks ago. Oh, they've been texting their mommies. Texting their mommies about how they don't want to be there. Well, they're there, and they're slaughtering people. The only way to stop them is to kill them. And we need to give the Ukrainians the deadly weapons they need to kill as many of them as possible. And as I said, perhaps the first, but definitely early on, the only way this will end in a just way, with the Ukrainians winning is that Putin is taken out. Now, I don't mean by the United States. But taken out by his own people, taken out by people around him, taken out by assassination squads from Ukraine. I mean, after all, what's good for the goose is good for the the fascist. If he wants to take out Zelensky, then somebody needs to take him out. Plus, you know, count the number of bodies that Putin has targeted and assassinated. It's bringing in the Wagner Group, which is like the SS. Bringing in the Chechnyan uh, Special Forces. It's like bringing in Hezbollah. Trying to bring in Syrian fighters. Bringing in the most loathsome, ruthless, vile, stomach-crawling scum on the face of the earth to attack innocent citizens who did nothing to deserve their fate. Nothing. 
We Americans need to speak out against our isolationists. We Americans need to speak out against those who would wrap themselves in Americanism while they're spitting all over this country and all over our flag. What do you think President Reagan would say? We know what President Trump says. He's disgusted by what's taking place. The Putin wing of the Republican Party, the Putin wing in the media and the Democrat Party are extremists. They're radicals. President Trump himself, when I've spoken to him, would do a lot more to help the Ukrainian people. A lot more than Biden. That's for sure. And if you need further evidence, and you really don't, did you see those pictures? Not only the slaughtered people, Mr. Producer, but then one news site took photographs of all the dogs they're slaughtering. Did you see that? They're slaughtering anything that lives. Anything. Anything that lives. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, I'm here to talk to you about something very serious. Have you felt something changing in our country? That too many people no longer identify themselves as Americans first, but instead group themselves by race, class, or sex? That we're losing the common idea of justice, the melting pot that unites us. I'm talking about citizenship, folks. And if we lose the idea of citizenship, then we don't have a country. But there's something you can do. Get educated and then teach others. And my friends at Hillsdale College can show you the way. Hillsdale's new free course on American citizenship will help you learn about what's happening and why. The course is taught by our friend, Dr. Victor Davis Hansen, who will equip you to help restore our country. You can sign up for free at levinforhillsdale.com. You'll learn about topics like the history of citizenship, the deep state, and even the Great Reset. Please sign up today to take Hillsdale's free course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. I want to get a lot out there on the table. We may circle back here and there, but I hope you were able to watch my Fox show last night, uh, the opening monologue where I talked about... Uh, the Bidens. Now, we've done this a lot. When the laptop story first broke at the New York Post, we spent a lot of time on this. The question I asked back then is the same one I ask again. How is it even conceivable that the media pretend that they missed the story when it was right in front of their face and there were names and there were emails and there were dates? There was more evidence here of Biden family corruption than of any family in politics that I'm aware of. Even more than the Kennedys. That's taken decades to uncover. The Biden family corruption runs deep and wide. Deep and wide. And it involves Joe. And you'll see today all over the media... There's hand-wringing. There's a lot more coverage. We're pushing it very, very heavy here. I am. 
And still, the lone voice for calling for a special counsel. Still. Every Republican in Congress should be calling for a special counsel. If they aren't, they're not serious. I don't want to hear all the nitty-gritty. If you have a special counsel, it's not like a prosecutor. No, no. There needs to be a special counsel. When you have a U.S. attorney's office in Wilmington that's taking the lead, many people don't know this. They have to report still to the Attorney General of the United States. He monitors through individuals at Maine Justice in Washington. High-profile cases. High-profile cases. You'll notice that Merrick Garland can't stop bragging about what he's done about January 6th and people who are parading and trespassing. More resources than any investigation in American history. How preposterous. And yet when it comes to Hunter Biden, he won't speak. That's a different story altogether. Why is that? Because it doesn't take many threads to pull till it reaches the big guy, Joe Biden. Is there some other big guy in the Biden family? No, I don't think so. There's one. No, the big guy. Because that's what Joe Biden undoubtedly used to call himself. I'm the big guy. Me and popcorn. We're the big guys. When the hair on my legs used to stand up, blonde hair, you know. The kids used to see it. Oh, this guy's sicko. You want to know the truth? Maybe that's why he nominated Judge Jackson. And her weak sentencing. Truly, a pedophile. The whole thing is sick and creepy. It's hard to understand. If you're a rational human being. But Joe Biden is a crook. Oh, you know, in America, Mark, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty. Well, in America, a guy like Joe Biden, if he weren't president and a Democrat, he would have been under, under investigation years ago. And as I said last night on Life, Liberty, and Levin, there's enough here, multiple predicates to trigger an investigation of Joe Biden. And there must be the appointment of a special counsel. The Republicans can't keep throwing their hands up in the air and say, wait till we take over. The Republicans must pressure the Attorney General the way Schumer did, the Deputy Attorney General. In fact, they should call for the Attorney General to recuse himself. They should push hard. They should learn from the Democrats. Because here we actually have a Manchurian candidate, a crook. Folks, I'm here to talk to you about something very serious. Have you felt something changing in our country? That too many people no longer identify themselves as Americans first, but instead group themselves by race, class, or sex? That we're losing the common idea of justice, the melting pot, that unites us. I'm talking about citizenship, folks. And if we lose the idea of citizenship, then we don't have a country. But there's something you can do. Get educated and then teach others. And my friends at Hillsdale College can show you the way. Hillsdale's new free course on American citizenship will help you learn about what's happening and why. The course is taught by our friend, Dr. Victor Davis Hansen, who will equip you to help restore our country. You can sign up for free at levinforhillsdale.com. You'll learn about topics like the history of citizenship, the deep state, and even the Great Reset. 
Please sign up today to take Hillsdale's free course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the most passionate conservative on radio. Talk with him now at 877-381-3811. Like I said, we're going to put a number of things on the table here. We may or may not circle back, but I want to get to them. Last week I told you the Department of Justice is working with the January 6th committee to get information through the back door that they would not be permitted to even uh, get through the criminal justice system. This is a real serious issue. It's a big problem. So to lay the foundation for this, I want to remind you of what I said. Cut one, Mr. Producer, go. This is your corrupt media, but the Justice Department criminal investigation of the riot and the parallel inquiry by the House Select Committee, and this is effectively a confession that the media know, and I know, now you know what's going on. The parallel inquiry by the House Select Committee. I am making the claim right now that criminal investigators at the Department of Justice are working with the House Select Committee to get information they could not otherwise get, that is the Department of Justice, through our constitutional system. But the House can get as surrogates for the criminal investigators at the Department of Justice without going through the usual criminal processes. That is exactly what's going on right now, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. And more importantly, you heard it here, period, because I'm telling you what's taking place. I would urge the backbenchers to start to pay attention to this. But the Justice Department's criminal investigation of the riot and the parallel inquiry by the House Select Committee, and it also explains why people subpoenaed to testify and provide information to the House don't want to do it, or if they do, they claim the Fifth Amendment because they know that they're working together. Now, New York Times over the weekend, Garland faces growing pressure as January 6th investigation widens. It's a very long piece. You knew they weren't covering the Holocaust in the past because they don't write that way, and you knew it wasn't the Hunter Biden laptop a year back. They wouldn't do that. Immediately after Merrick Garland, this is Benner, Rogers, and Schmidt, was sworn in as Attorney General March last year, he summoned top Justice Department officials and the FBI director to his office. He wanted a detailed briefing on the case that will, in all likelihood, come to define his legacy, the January 6th assault on the Capitol. So the New York Times is also in the business of pressuring and pushing Garland. They didn't pressure and push Bill Barr to investigate Joe Biden and his connection to the laptop. They didn't pressure and push Bill Barr to investigate violations of the Constitution in Pennsylvania and elsewhere during the election. But no, here, this will define Garland, according to the New York Times. And who was Katie Benner, Katie Rogers, and Michael S. Schmidt? Three, uh, three numbskulls. Even though hundreds of people have already been charged, Mr. Garland 
asked to go over the indictments in detail, according to two people familiar with the meeting. So he has this meeting in a closed room, probably the Attorney General's conference room. I was in there many, many times, maybe 10 or 15 people, and they're out there talking to the media to build up Garland and to put pressure on going after Trump. What evidence did they have? How had they built such a sprawling investigation, including all 50 states, so fast? What was the plan now? The Attorney General's deliberative approach has come to frustrate Democratic allies of the White House and at times President Biden himself. It's a criminal investigation. As recently as late last year, Mr. Biden confided to his inner circle that he believed former President Donald J. Trump was a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted according to two people familiar with his comments. Don't you think Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden have had this discussion? Don't you think in part this is why this committee is doing what it's doing? When you look at the reprobates that are on this committee, all of them egomaniacs and narcissists, beyond your typical egomaniac and narcissist, Liz Cheney and Kingsinger, two head cases, than the radicals who are on this committee. Wherever you see Adam Schiff, you know that Schiff follows. That's Schiff. And uh, there's Raskin, who in my view is a uh, red. I mean, the most loathsome of the bunch. He confided to his inner circle, did Biden, that he believed former President Donald J. Trump was a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted, according to two people familiar with his comments. And don't you think those words resonate over the Department of Justice and to Nancy Pelosi and the rest? Now, they, they brought an unconstitutional impeachment against Trump because of a perfectly fine phone call he had with the Ukrainian President Zelensky. And they tried to claim that he was insisting that the Ukrainians investigate Joe Biden. Now, here we have somebody... On the record, not names not available, but on the record with the New York Times saying Joe Biden wants Trump prosecuted. Nobody even brings up the impeachment word. Not a thing. Not a word. And it's possible Trump might be the Republican nominee if if Biden is their nominee. But not a word. Nothing. While the president has never communicated his frustrations directly to Mr. Garland, how do we know that? I see neither Biden nor Garland on record here. But it doesn't matter. He doesn't have to. The surrogates can do it. He has said privately that he wanted Garland to act less like a ponderous judge and more like a prosecutor who's willing to take decisive action over the events of January 6th. So they're pressing Garland. Capitol Hill, the executive branch, the New York Times, the rest of the media to charge Donald Trump with some phony offense. Speak to reporters on Friday, Mr. Garland said that he and the career prosecutors working on the case felt only the pressure to do the right thing, which meant that they follow the facts and the law wherever they may lead. No, they don't. That's not true. The phony uh, title, excuse me, uh, 1965 Civil Rights Act cases they bring against Republicans... They bring a lot of phony cases that are totally political or investigations of parents at school board meetings. 
They don't follow the facts and the law wherever they may lead. They follow their ideology wherever it may lead. Still, Democrats increasingly urgent calls for the Justice Department to take more aggressive action, highlight the tension between the frenetic demands of politics and the methodical pace of one of the biggest prosecutions in the department's history. Department of Justice must move swiftly. Representative Elaine Luria, Democrat of Virginia, and a member of the House Committee investigating the riot, said this past week, who gives a crap what this clown says? Who is this idiot? Elaine Luria. Oh, well, Elaine wants a quick investigation. You know what? She can go to hell. She and others on the panel want the department to charge Trump allies with contempt for refusing to comply with the committee's subpoenas. Again, and the committee members and staff tell us over and over again, some on the record, some off the record. Their whole purpose is to try and create a criminal charge against Trump and people around him. That's the whole goal. Attorney General Garland, Ms. Loria, said during a committee hearing, do your job so that we can do ours. Ah, shut up, you idiot. President Biden is immensely proud of the Attorney General's service in this administration and has no role in investigative priorities or decisions, says the White House. B.S. I don't believe that for two seconds. That's like pretending that Joe Biden isn't a crook. I mean, the media can say, oh, we're behind this story, because the story's in front of them now. With the Biden crime family, the story's in front of them. And by the way, this is one of the reasons they're trying to take out Ginny Thomas. I went back and looked at this, Mr. Producer, as I do all the time. Ginny Thomas once called the Biden family the Biden crime family. And you know who noted it? Bob Woodward. Bob Woodward. Bob, 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 Bob Woodward. Who can barely talk, another idiot. And, uh, that's one of the another reason they want to take me. And and you know, uh, a few years back, we remember that Benny Hill Thompson called her husband, Associate Justice of the Supreme Court, Clarence Thomas, and Uncle Tom. So they have no respect at all for the system. No respect at all for anything. They throw mud against the wall constantly, and then they're self-righteous about it, and the media are self-righteous about it. So Garland reads the New York Slimes. He's that kind. And they have an entire press book they put out once a day, sometimes twice a day for these cabinet secretaries with their names in it. He's seeing this. So what this article is telling Garland if you don't bring charges against Trump and the people in his inner circle based on the information this committee's gathering, which is basically crap, but if you don't do it, the whole world around you is going to collapse on your head. The whole world around you is going to collapse on your head. Meanwhile, there's Joe Biden. He didn't know anything about the big guy. Millions and millions of dollars that went into the pockets of the Biden family. He didn't know anything about it. Just because his son was on Air Force Two when he went to China. 
ladies and gentlemen, just because the big guy was getting 10%, just because we have a, a real witness, a contemporary eyewitness to events that was, were taking place, who's already gone public, you got witnesses, you have documents, you have timelines, you have bank accounts, and yet, but Joe didn't know anything. It's Trump. You say it's Trump we got to get. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, I'm here to talk to you about something very serious. Have you felt something changing in our country? That too many people no longer identify themselves as Americans first, but instead group themselves by race, class, or sex? That we're losing the common idea of justice, the melting pot that unites us. I'm talking about citizenship, folks. And if we lose the idea of citizenship, then we don't have a country. But there's something you can do. Get educated and then teach others. And my friends at Hillsdale College can show you the way. Hillsdale's new free course on American citizenship will help you learn about what's happening and why. The course is taught by our friend, Dr. Victor Davis Hansen, who will equip you to help restore our country. You can sign up for free at levinforhillsdale.com. You'll learn about topics like the history of citizenship, the deep state, and even the Great Reset. Please sign up today to take Hillsdale's free course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Said, making a number of things on the table, and we'll circle back. You know, this war on Fox News by the Biden administration, the left, the Democrat Party is really quite appalling. When you look at the big scheme of things, there's 330 million people in this country. On a big night, on prime time, maybe there's three and a half, three point eight million, four million people watching one of the shows. Now it doesn't mean it's the same people every night, so it's really a bigger audience than that. But it's not like we control the narrative. Fox, conservative talk radio, or somehow we control the media, and it's we that need to be broken up. They do. But it's not enough because the American Pravda and Tosk, which is essentially the American media, they can't tolerate it. The Daily Mail, President Biden described Fox News as one of the most destructive forces in the United States. I thought it was big oil or big meat or billionaires. Now it's Fox. And owner Rupert Murdoch as the most dangerous man in the world. In the world. According to latest revelations from a new book, this will not pass. I'm not hawking the book. So according to Biden, Fox is one of the most destructive forces in America. And Murdoch is the most dangerous man in the world. There was a mass shooting in in Sacramento. It's not the first, it won't be the last, and it's horrific. Why isn't George Soros the worst man in the world? How many prosecutors has he installed that won't prosecute people? 
whether they've committed horrific crimes with or without guns. Criminals with guns are on the street because of weak prosecutors and weak judges, not because of weak laws and not because of the Second Amendment. It's always much easier to control innocent, law-abiding people than it is the bad guys. But when the bad guys are part of your, your political constituency or when the bad guys are the people for whom the judges you nominate and get confirmed are supporting or protecting, becomes a problem, doesn't it, America? Murder is through the roof, not because we have too many guns, but because we have too many wacko prosecutors who prosecute political crimes and not real crimes. When you have the Department of Justice conducting the biggest investigation in its history, where the vast amount of the people were trespassing and parading, that tells you that the priorities are a little screwed up. In fact, they're a lot screwed up. So Joe Biden wants Trump prosecuted. Joe Biden says Fox is one of the most destructive forces in the U.S. Joe Biden says Rupert Murdoch is the most dangerous man in the world. So Joe Biden wants his political opponents, ideological opponents, people who don't agree with him, he wants them silenced and or thrown in jail. Because Joe Biden has a pea brain. Joe Biden is a lousy, nasty street politician. Always has been. Always has been a disaster. You know, the New York Times didn't come out this weekend with its story authenticating, quote-unquote, the Hunter Biden laptop. That's two, three weeks ago. Two, three weeks ago, the Washington Post story that went on and on, which was basically plagiarized from the Republican report led by Grassley and Johnson, that didn't come out over the weekend. So I spent my monologue, an extended monologue, about 15 minutes pounding away, pounding away, pounding away on the media, pounding away on the facts, pounding away that we have a crook in the Oval Office. And now you can see there's much more coverage. I want to thank Fox and Friends this morning for playing a clip of my monologue. I think they're the only one, only ones who have. But good job over there. Much appreciated. We'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Here's something you will not read in the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost. Here's something you will not hear on the Constipated News Network or MSLSD. 
but you will in the New York Post, convicted child rapist nabbed for assault after a lax sentence from Kentonji Brown-Jackson. Supreme Court nominee Kentonji Brown-Jackson doled out a lenient sentence to a child rapist for violating probation, and he allegedly struck again during the time when prosecutors wanted him locked up, the Post has learned. Obviously, everybody behind this story is a racist. The Biden nominee's handling of sex offender Leo Weeks, that case emerged in a tranche of court filings and transcripts sent to the Senate Judiciary Committee Friday, just days before the panel is set to vote on whether to report her nomination to the full Senate. The vote took place this afternoon, actually this evening. It was 11 to 11, Mr. Producer. There's an equal number of both parties on that committee. And it deadlocked. So now, through various maneuvering parliamentary rules, the Democrats will bring it to the floor through the back door. Where they'll get help from Susan Collins and perhaps others. The Biden nominee's handling of sex offender Leo Weeks' case emerged, as I said. While Republicans have previously highlighted Jackson's practice of giving the lightest possible punishments in child pornography cases... The Weeks case throws in the question of treatment of rapists as well. The case is yet another example of information coming to light after the nomination hearing concluded because of the Democrats' rushed vetting process, the Republican Judiciary Committee aide told the Post Saturday. Remember that, folks? That they wouldn't give the information to the committee. In fact, there's a lot of information the committee hasn't seen. In 2010, Weeks was convicted in D.C. Superior Court of raping his 13-year-old niece four years earlier, when she was nine. He was sentenced to 16 months in jail and four years of supervised probation and was required to register as a sex offender for the next decade, according to records obtained by the New York Post. But instead, Weeks failed to register, lying about his whereabouts by claiming he lived in D.C. in February 2013, our prosecutors said he was really living with his wife in Temple Hills, Maryland, since 2012. What kind of wife stays with a guy like this, Rich? He raped his niece, who was nine years old at the time. He was hauled before Judge Jackson, then a federal judge in D.C., on February 19, 2014, for sentencing after pleading guilty to a charge of failing to register. Prosecutors asked that Weeks receive a two-year sentence the low end of federal guidelines, which ranged up to 30 months, with another five years of supervised release. Weeks' attorney asked for a maximum sentence of 10 months plus three years of supervised release. Prosecutor Ari Redburn told Jackson that Weeks had lived an adult life of dishonesty, of fraud, of failing to obey court orders, and that is exactly what he did here, according to a transcript of the hearing. By the way, all this is available to the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. Who didn't look like the Hunter Biden laptop? They looked the other way. Now they had their foot on the gas pedal when it came to Russia collusion, which was a complete fraud that they participated in. Reber then underscored the seriousness of the rape case, for which Weeks was convicted of simple assault and three misdemeanor accounts. This is not a butt grab, a misdemeanor kind of case. This is not consensual sex between a 20-year-old and a 16-year-old, the prosecutor told Jackson. This is an individual who at trial was convicted of essentially violently raping a 13-year-old child. Jackson, however, appeared unmoved, saying there was no evidence Weeks had been intentionally ducking probation officers. 
Though she conceded he had, quote, gotten a number of breaks, perhaps undeservedly so, in the earlier assault case, she said, I do believe that criminal history is having a disproportionate impact on the sentence that the guidelines prescribe in this particular case in light of what you actually did here, said Jackson before sentencing weeks and 12 months, with credit for time served, according to the transcript. He was released five months later. Weeks landed on law enforcement's radar again in June 2015 when he would have been in prison had prosecutors gotten their way. According to a D.C. police report cited by federal prosecutors, Weeks allegedly plied his sister-in-law with liquor while she was babysitting for his wife. He then allegedly started touching her, trying three separate times to pull her leggings down, the report says. On the third occasion, the report alleges, Weeks was able to... He molested her. In response, the sister-in-law punched Weeks in the head, stopping the alleged attack. She noticed that the defendant, uh, he was exposed and so forth. Weeks was initially arrested and charged with first-degree sexual assault with aggravating, uh, aggravating circumstances. Man, he goes after family members too. Isn't this pretty sick? But that charge was dropped after his sister-in-law opted not to cooperate with police or testify before a grand jury. Prosecutors said Weeks had paid her $2,500 to make the matter go away. He pleaded guilty in D.C. Superior Court in March 2016 to obstruction of justice and fell into register as a sex offender and hit with concurrent sentences of five years and six months, respectively. In February 2017, he appeared once again before Jackson, again for sentencing on multiple probation violations. Prosecutor couldn't resist reminding Jackson of her earlier sentence. He said, the court imposed a 12-month sentence, I think really giving the defendant every benefit of the doubt, every opportunity to complete a period of treatment, supervision, and really kind of have an opportunity to turn his life around. And he failed at every turn to take advantage of that opportunity. Earlier in the hearing, Redford referred to Weeks as the worst defendant I've ever seen on supervision and asked for two years to be tacked on to the end of his D.C. sentence. Even then, Jackson didn't agree, imposing her 21-month sentence to partially overlap with his punishment in connection with the assault on his sister-in-law. What is this? What kind of person is this? I don't care about the race, the gender, if she's nice. What is this? This is a clear-cut case of a recidivist, a, a vile sexual offender of, of children, of a sister. I mean, what is this? What kind of a judge has now been nominated to the United States Supreme Court that not a single Democrat in the Senate has objected to? Not one. Not a major left-wing columnist in any of the major screeds out there has objected to. Not one. Instead, you know what we're getting tonight? That the Republicans have a historic fail here by voting against the first African-American woman nominated to the Supreme Court. They obsess over gender. They obsess over race. And even though they obsess over gender, they won't define a woman. Let me tell you something. The fact is that we're about to put on the United States Supreme Court, thanks to Joe Biden, 
thanks to every single Democrat in the Senate, and thanks to the media, the lowest of the low, somebody who coddles the worst of the worst, the worst of the worst criminals, and I might add terrorists. Remember that too. Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, he sees all this, and he says this today at the committee confirmation vote. Cut four, go. The American people really are having nothing of these attacks. She has wowed America. Any of us going home over these past weekends have seen a standing ovation for Judge Jackson. I don't know. Is this the judge you would want if you had a granddaughter or niece, and I don't know whether you do or not, who'd been molested by a family member, Senator? Is this who you'd want? I'm just curious. Is this who you'd want, this, this judge here? Go ahead. American people. And the reason is that her nomination will be historic. We are, in fact, Tell me, the making... parties that are in front of a judge, do they care if the judge's nomination is historic or not? Of course not. You're talking about a judge. A judge. You're not caring one way or another if it's a historic nomination or not. But this is the nature of the American Marxist movement. It's all that matters. People are expendable. People are expendable to Richard Blumenthal, Maisie Harino, and, and, uh, and Joe Biden and all the rest. They're expendable. They just are. Go ahead. It is a joyous and exciting moment for all of America. Her nomination will make the Supreme Court look more like America. I don't America. think it's an exciting moment for his niece, do you? Or his sister-in-law. It'll look more like America? I don't have a problem with looking more like America. My problem is, as you leftists used to say, not what's between her legs, but what's between her ears. And I don't like what's between her ears. Not this ideology. It's destructive. Go ahead. And hopefully think more like America. It is, in effect, a giant leap into the present. Because the present of America looks like Judge Jackson. I have no idea what he's saying now. But you'll notice he hasn't spoken once about any of these really radical extremist decisions. Then we have Mazur Hirano is always good for a laugh, but the problem is this is the Supreme Court. She's clearly one of the dumbest people in the United States Senate. But it doesn't matter. Cut five, go. I looked up uh, some things that uh, uh, Janice Rogers Brown noted, and she gave a... See, Janice Rogers Brown is an African-American, a brilliant woman, who'd been nominated and blocked by the Democrats who were filibustering judges, and particularly her because they didn't want her to wind up on the U.S. Supreme Court uh, if she had served and is serving on the circuit court. So now, 
Mazi Harano, who is a hitman, if you will, a hit woman. I've looked up, except now she's going to go to the floor and trash an African-American woman who could well have been the first African-American woman on the Supreme Court. But the problem is ideology. You don't agree with Hirono, she wants to destroy you. Absolutely character assassinate you and smear you. She can do that in the Senate. If she were a private citizen on the sidewalk, she would have multiple lawsuits against her for defamation, and she'd be bankrupt by now. But listen to how they treat a black woman who they disagree with. Start at the top, please. Cut five, go. I looked up uh, some things that uh, uh, Janice Rogers Brown noted, and she gave a a speech in the early 2000s when Democrats opposed her nomination, and it was because of her extreme ideology, because uh, she wasn't in the mainstream. I don't even know what that means. You either follow the Constitution or you don't. There's no mainstream. And Jackson does not. Go ahead. Example in this speech that I'm referring to, before the Federalist Society, she railed against the role of government, claiming that government results in war in the streets. This is direct quoting. And families... Direct quoting... Totally out of context. I have no idea what she's talking about. She has no idea what she's talking about. She didn't read the whole speech. Because Maisie Hirono is a mess. She's an April Fool's joke. Go ahead. Among other, I would say rather incendiary and extremist views. It was this extreme ideology that led to widespread opposition to Janice Rogers Brown's nomination to the D.C. Circuit, including from the Congressional Black Caucus. The Is there NAACP. any nominee by any Republican president backed by the Congressional Black Caucus or the NAACP or the Leadership Conference or the other? These are all leftist operations. Any? No, of course not. And again, it's interesting. She picks the Congressional Black Caucus, the NAACP, the Leadership Conference, all of which are minority, black. And she picks them, and they came out of a woman who could have been the first black woman on the Supreme Court, Janice Rogers Brown. So they don't care if it's historic, truthfully. They don't care if you're black. They don't care if you're a woman. That's all a smokescreen to push through an incredibly radical, obviously out of the mainstream, almost unhinged from an ideological perspective, individual to serve a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court. Go ahead. The leadership conference and others. So the relentless, unfounded, and trumped-up attacks that Judge Jackson has faced. What are the relentless, unfounded, and trumped-up attacks on Judge Jackson? Can anybody name one? Now, she was one of the most vile, vicious, nasty people against Kavanaugh. That whole thing was trumped up. So ask questions 
about her actual record, Jackson's actual record, which is not just a disgrace, it's disgusting what she did on the court. Then there's something wrong with you, ladies and gentlemen. The rest of us are going to suffer one day as a result of her being on the court, and I mean the country generally. By the way, will our people, the news, stop talking about this landslide we're going to have in the midterm elections? You're going to work up the other side, and our side's going to fall asleep. So cut it out. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you ever played the game, Would You Rather, with your kids? Would you rather be a donkey or an elephant? That was an easy one. Well, here's another easy one. Would you rather overpay for cell phone service every month to a company with leftist values or pay about half with Pure Talk and support a company who cares about your values? It's time to ditch Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Pure Talk has the same 5G coverage as one of those big guys, but saves the average family over $800 a year. I made the switch, and so can you. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data is just $30 a month. Or get unlimited data and still save a fortune. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Anna Navarro has uh, become infamous as a result of her poisonous attacks on conservatives and Republicans. Uh, she used to be on the Constipated News Network. Now she's just constipated on The View, like the rest of the uh, folks there. Cut nine, go. What's interesting to me is that we know that the court is conservative. It's conservative six to three. Yeah. Judge. Uh, this is Jackson. their lawyer, the idiot, Sonny Houston. This is the idiot. Surface level thinking. Lives in a mansion with her family. She's down for the revolution like all the other frauds and yentas on this, the view. Which, of course, is bigoted. Because there's not a single man on The View, or at least not that we know of. I want to come back to her because she is illustrative of the kind of frauds and phonies that pass for commentators in the media. That's Anna Navarro. And, of course, Sonny Houston. Again, nitwit. I'll be right back. Have you ever played the game, Would You Rather, with your kids? Would you rather be a donkey or an elephant? That was an easy one. Well, here's another easy one. Would you rather overpay for cell phone service every month to a company with leftist values or pay about half with Pure Talk and support a company who cares about your values? It's time to ditch Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Pure Talk has the same 5G coverage as one of those big guys, but saves the average family over $800 a year. I made the switch, and so can you. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data is just $30 a month. Or get unlimited data and still save a fortune. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N PODCAST, and you'll save an additional 50 
10% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Conservatism with passion. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Anna Navarro, at The View, the first person speaking is Sonny Houston, who clearly is an idiot. Cut nine, go. What's interesting to me is that we know that the court is conservative. It's conservative six to three. Yeah. Judge uh, Jackson, soon to be this in my... This is the level of discussion on The View. Truthfully. This is the crap... Our networks feed us. Five of the dumbest women in the country. It's like these politicians. Where do they find these people? 330 million people. And look at this. Maisie Hirono. Richard Blumenthal. You look at the view. There are really smart women out there. And they have five dunces on the view. Go ahead. Jackson's uh, point of view or whatever she does does not change the composition yep. of the court. So for that senator, for Senator Bunt to even imply that she's not going to do it's what bold. needs to be done on the court is, is it's bull. Well, it's okay, bold. first of all, what kind of a stupid comment is this? What kind of a stupid comment is this? Is that what, how do you pronounce her name? Houston? Houston? What is it? Is this what Sonny Halston says when a Republican is nominated? Of course not. Get him, get him, get him! Now we have Navarro. Navarro is unique in many ways on TV. She's an idiot in two languages. Go ahead. (laughs) I'll tell you what it is. It's lame, pathetic, cowardice, partisanship. Okay? Because they are... Yay! The clapping seals. Yay! Yay! What did she say? She didn't say anything. She's a moron. Go ahead. Themselves into pretzel shapes, and they're agonizing and apologizing, right, basically, for saying we're not going to do the right thing. We're vo- and what we're- is the right thing? Anna Navarro, can you name one case that you've read? Now, don't look it up. Don't Google it. One case? Of course you can't. And what it... What about the facts? What about the facts of her, of her soft on pervert decisions? Do the right thing? Vote for that? No, I don't think so. Go ahead. We feel bad that we're voting against her. They feel bad because they know she's going to be Not the justice. Not bad enough. Well, they feel bad because she's going to have the 50 votes. She's going to be the justice. And they are going to have missed the historical moment yep. of voting for the first oh, black. Oh, we missed the historical moment. What about with Janice Rogers Brown? We didn't miss a historical moment there. Anna, may I call you Anna? Go ahead. Woman. Yeah. And they're going to go down in history as having been against the first They're going to go woman. down in history as having been against somebody who is extremely radical, who's not only soft on crime, was soft on child pornographers. Hello? Child pornographers. May I say it again? She was soft on child pornographers. She was strong on defending terrorists. Well, that's the system, you know. Oh, okay. Why does anybody watch this show? I certainly don't, but even a clip makes you dumber.
Oh, my God. And then you get a migraine. Really pathetic. Go ahead. Which is a big moment for this country. Whomever likes it, fine. Whomever dislikes it, fine. Whether you accept it, you acknowledge it. Ah, shut up, you idiot. No need lectures from you. What a schmo. I don't even know who the hell is this woman, Anna Navarro. I know she's uh, she's like, uh, what's the, Wallace, Nancy Wallace, is that the other lady's name? Nicole Wallace. Wow. Nothing worse than these uh, backstabbing repubics. Nothing. They just go off, and they have to prove themselves. Remember, this Anna Navarro was being quite, why are you still a Republican? says the genius of geniuses, Sonny Hostin. Oh, I don't know. I don't understand. Why are you still a Republican? I mean, after all, I'm a Democrat. Why aren't you like me? Well, there's people, you know, like Adam Kingsinger and Liz Cheney. Great icons like that. I'm like them, you know. So she fills the Republic chair... On the view. And what do they call it the view for? It's not a view. Claptrap. It is, uh, it, it is shrill. It should be called the shrill. You're saying that because we're women. We don't say women, and we can't even define it. Schizophrenic. Now, here's a woman who opposes Judge Jackson. The great Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. I guess she's going to miss a historic moment, too. Cut eight, go. So then I asked her a very simple question. I asked her to define the word woman. Wasn't a trick question. It's something that everybody learned in grade school science class. But Judge Jackson refused to answer. The fact that she couldn't or wouldn't answer that question speaks volumes. It tells me that Judge Jackson is beholden to the radical left that is teaching our children that they can choose their own sex. It tells me that she is more committed to woke progressive ideology than she is to common sense and the rule of law. And it tells me that she will not be able to decide with impartiality the cases that are sure to come before her as a Supreme Court justice. How, for example, will Judge Jackson be able to resolve sex discrimination claims if she can't decide whether the parties before her are women? How can she decide Title IX cases if she doesn't even agree with Justice Ginsburg that there are enduring physical differences between men and women? We recently saw a Ninth Circuit judge issue a written opinion stating that, and I'm quoting, people of all genders can become pregnant, end quote. And disputes over biological males competing in women's sports are working their way through the federal courts. How can a Judge Jackson decide any of these issues as a Supreme Court justice If she is too afraid of the radical left to give this committee a definition of the word woman. Judge Jackson's refusal to answer my question underscores 
the dangers of the kind of progressive ideology that she endorses. Oh, you're missing a historic moment. According to The View, you're missing a historic moment. Yes, you are, Senator. Yes, historic moment to vote a radical kook onto the Supreme Court. Absolute radical onto the Supreme Court. Everybody knows it. But they play these games. That's why the people hate the media. Ask the American people. Black, Hispanic, Asian, white, and everything in between and around. Lay out how she's ruled on these cases and see what the American people would say. Do you think they'd agree with Anna Navarro? Is that her name? Yes. Sonny Halston? Halston? And uh, what's the other one? Joy uh, Behar? And Whoopi Goldberg. Named after the Whoopi cushion. Yeah. I wonder what the American people would think. Jackson's pattern is obvious. That's why I had Ted Cruz on. Who explained it in great detail. Did a great job last night. By the way, didn't you love David Mamet? David Mamet is terrific. Absolutely terrific. In the second half, he'll be on the second half, the interview I will do for this Sunday as well. I think you're going to uh, going to love it. He really is a standout as far as I'm concerned. We'll be right back. Much love in. Have you ever played the game, Would You Rather, with your kids? Would you rather be a donkey or an elephant? That was an easy one. Well, here's another easy one. Would you rather overpay for cell phone service every month to a company with leftist values or pay about half with Pure Talk and support a company who cares about your values? It's time to ditch Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Pure Talk has the same 5G coverage as one of those big guys but saves the average family over $800 a year. I made the switch, and so can you. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data is just $30 a month. Or get unlimited data and still save a fortune. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% percent off your first month that's puretalk.com promo code levin podcast ukrainian mayor executed as satellite images show 45 foot trench at mass gravesite you know we have satellites that can that can find a needle in a haystack so they see what's going on the mayor of the ukrainian village was kidnapped executed it's a woman by the way and dumped in a shallow grave alongside her husband and son. As disturbing satellite images show a 45-foot-long trench where a mass grave was dug in Nabri Buka after killings widely described and decried as genocide, except by our president, who won't. Olga Sukkenhenk, the mayor of Motsen, a suburban village just outside the capital, Kiev, and her family were believed to have been kidnapped by invading Russian soldiers on March 23. The troops then tortured and murdered the whole family of the village head, said Anton 
whatever, an advisor to the Ukrainian Interior Ministry. The occupiers suspected they were collaborating with our military, giving us locations where to target our, our artillery. These scum tortured, slaughtered, and killed the whole family, he said. A Reuters reporter saw the bodies in a shallow grave in a forest near a farm, which had all but destro- had been destroyed. And you see these horrendous photos. Good God. They're covering their faces because obviously they did things to their face. Unbelievable. And uh, the woman, it's very, very sad. She looks like a middle-aged woman. She's relatively heavy, big smile on her husband, similar. The son, good-looking young man. Good God, this is just so. And then body after body after body in these these black or dark green trash bags, you know, that you get at Home Depot or Lowe's or those places, thrown into this this ditch. Massive number of bodies. Uh, U.S. company is helping, said the first signs of excavation for a mass grave at the Church of St. Andrew, at a church. Forty feet, five feet long. With hands and feet poking through the red clay. President Zelensky toured the area today saying the dead people have been found in barrels, basements, strangled and tortured. They said one woman had earrings ripped from her ears and then they strangled her. What you see around what they did to this modern town is a characteristic of the Russian military said who treat, treated people worse than animals. He said it's very difficult to conduct negotiations when you see what they did here. He said the longer the Russian Federation drags it out, the worse it will exasperate its own situation. And, uh, I mean, it's just indiscriminate. Little babies and kids and women and everything else. The sickening scenes led to other war leaders declaring it clear genocide, except, of course, Biden, who's always uh, five behind and walking backwards. Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez called for those responsible for the slangs in Buca to be punished, saying they should answer these alleged cases of crimes against humanity, war crimes, and why not say a genocide, too? I'll tell you why. Because Biden's a gutless wonder. That's why. They'll keep sending them the same stuff. It's okay, but not enough. And there's the media to photograph this, a hand of a corpse. Good God. Along with other bodies is seen in a mass grave on Buka. That, honey, uh, 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 honey, talking to my wife. We talk all day about this stuff. It just uh, turns your stomach. Folks, this is a throwback to the 1930s and 40s. You've got to look at this. People say, how could this have happened? And never again. It's happening right now. 
The Ukrainians aren't doing this. The Russians are doing this. It's true. Put people issuing statements about war crimes. I got it. But that's not going to save these people. These people need the ability to use weapons to defend themselves. They're being slaughtered. What is so hard to understand? What is so hard to understand? It's stomach-turning. Stomach-turning. Put yourself in their position. Because God knows one day it could happen to this country or any country. These people were freedom-loving people. It was a democracy. Imperfect, but a democracy. A growing democracy. Like so many of the countries of Eastern Europe that hadn't experienced it. Experiencing it. Adapting to it. They have culture. They have all these different things. And they're being slaughtered. They, it's like waking up a month later and going, oh my God, where, what am I? In a concentration camp? What's going on here? We've been right about Russia and Ukraine from day one. We've been right about this January 6th committee from day one in the Department of Justice. We've been right about Russia collusion and the spying on Trump from day one. It's not because we're smarter than everybody. It's because... There's no agenda other than the freedom agenda, where we take the facts and we apply them. I'll be right back. No matter your politics, everyone should have the right to free expression. To fight back against big tech censorship, I use ExpressVPN. Free to access tech giants make all their money by tracking your searches, video history, and everything you click on, then selling off your sensitive data. When you use the ExpressVPN app, you make anonymous much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. That makes your activity more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your data to protect you from cyber criminals. And it just takes one click to protect all your devices. That's why it's rated number one by Business Insider and The Verge. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash mark to get three extra months free. Expressvpn.com slash mark. That's expressvpn.com slash mark for three extra months free. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Our buddy Chip Roy posts a tweet of Ed Whalen, he's a good man, of his tweet. Judge Kentaji Brown Jackson testifies, I do not hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights from a response to post-hearing written questions. Natural rights. Have you heard of those before, Mr. Producer? That's the Declaration of Independence. That is, do you have natural rights as a human being? Yes, you do. God-given natural rights. We talk about this all the time. I've written about it all the time. The founders 
launched a revolution. The framers wrote a constitution. God-given natural rights. Long before this country was formed, this was the basis, the basis of civilization and humanity. God-given natural rights. And she answers, I do not hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights. Anna Navarro, <coughs> Sonny Hostin, and all the rest of the clowns are too stupid to understand this. They don't even care. But this is exactly what I mean. If you embrace critical race theory, which she has in the past, and she lied about it at her hearing, then you cannot support the Constitution. And that is the American Marxists, whether they dress up and get makeup and have their hair done on The View, or whether they are open about it. I do not hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights. This is the basis of civil liberties and civil rights movements. But if you are a radical and you believe in the all-powerful centralized government, and if you embrace American Marxism as I've written about it, this is who you are. Then Chris Roy asks, hey, Susan Collins, do you believe in this? Assuming not, justify your vote. Notice how Mitch McConnell always gives her a break, or Murkowski a break, or Romney a break, but on the conservatives he has an iron fish. Have you noticed that? I wish I could, but I can't. And that is, read this entire piece written by Andrew Sullivan on his site, The Weekly Dish. It is a fantastic piece. And Mr. Producer, let's link to it if we would. The problem with Jon Stewart, how painfully, cringingly, super woke must a comedian get to stay relevant. And he appeared on this Jon Stewart show. I don't even know where the hell it is. I guess some podcast. Maybe on the internet. And he was set up. And Jon Stewart has just discovered his, or our, racism. Not him, of course, the rest of us. So he promotes this entire ideology. You know, he probably read one or two of the books put out there by, the, uh, by race hustlers. But I have to say, Andrew Sullivan's response is extremely thoughtful and very comprehensive. And uh, I will touch on some of it here. I'll move on from the way he was set up into this. On the race question, Stewart has decided to go way past even Robin DiAngelo. If you read my book, American Marxism, you know she's a kook. And his passionate anti-whiteness. His opening monologue was intoned at times in a somber tone, as if he were delivering hard truths that only bigots could disagree with. He argued that no one in America had been prepared to have an honest discussion about race until the reckoning of 2020. He also suggested that nothing had been done by whites to support African Americans from 1619. Yeah, he went there until now. The most obvious solution? Reparations. Was, he implied, somehow absurdly taboo. 
His monologue of black voices, quote-unquote, insists that African-Americans are still granted only conditional citizenship, are still barred from owning property. We don't own anything, quote-unquote, and ended with Sister Soldier, yes, explaining that the thing that kills black people are not bullets but white people. This is the same moral avatar who once said, if black people kill black people every day, why not have a week and kill white people? Stewart then hailed Angela Davis, a proud communist, with a particular fondness for East Germany's suppression of dissent, and warmly thanked her as Angela. But Stewart included not a single black voice of disagreement or nuance. He apparently believes all black people hold the same view, and all white people just refuse to hear it. Stewart's insistence that Americans have never robustly debated race before 2020 is also deranged. Americans have been loudly debating it for centuries. There was something called a civil war over it. It's claimed that white America has never done anything in defense of black Americans until BLM showed up, of course, requires him to ignore more than 300,000 white men who gave their lives to defeat the slaveholding Confederacy. Requires Stewart to ignore the countless whites, often Jewish, who risked and gave their lives in the Civil Rights Movement. Requires him to erase the greatest president in American history, Lincoln. This glib dismissal of all white Americans throughout history, even those who risked everything to expand equality, is when you come to think about it, obscene. John Stewart's claim that whites never tried to ameliorate black suffering until now requires him to dismiss over $19 trillion of public funds spent in a long war on poverty, focused uh, especially on black Americans. That's the equivalent of more than 140 Marshall Plans. As Samuel Cronin has shown, it requires the erasure from history, the Food Stamp Act of 1964, the Child Nutrition Act of 1966, the Social Security Amendments of 65, the Elementary and Secondary Education Act of 65, the Social Security Amendments of 62, and the Economic Opportunity Act of 64, and on and on. To prove his point, Stewart has pretended LBJ never existed. That's how utterly lost he is now. But even without all those programs, it comes down to liberty, doesn't it? I guess Stewart can't explain why people don't leave America. They're free to leave. I mean, this isn't one of those regimes, is it? Stewart then used crude metrics of inequality to argue Kendi style without any evidence that the only thing that can possibly explain racial inequality today in America is still white supremacy. That's because he's never read Thomas Sowell, who explains it a lot of ways. Your entire existence is not about race not be a factor. It's not the only factor, if not even the core factor. You're a human being. You got stuff going on between your ears. Motivation. So forth and so on. Other factors, concentrated poverty, insanely high rates of crime and violence, acute family breakdown, a teen culture that equates success with whiteness, lack of affordable childcare. When either, when, when either unmentioned or openly mocked as self-evident expressions of bigotry, he then equated formal legal segregation with voluntary residential segregation, as if Jim Crow were still in force. And he strawmanned the countering argument, thus, white America believes that African Americans are solely responsible for their community struggles. He says, I don't know anyone who believes that. I sure don't. It's much more complex than that, and it's that complexity that some of us are insisting on, and that Stewart wants to dismiss out of hand in favor of his own Manichean moral preening. Manichian, poor moral preening. 
He said, America has always prioritized white comfort over black survival. Note, always. There's been no real progress. You see, white people have never actually listened to a black person. America is irredeemably racist. Those effing white men, Lincoln and LBJ, never gave a you-know-what. At that point, it became clear that Stewart was not conducting a televised debate, but initiating a struggle session. And the point of the session was not to discuss anything, but to further enforce the dogma he had pronounced. So I found myself, writes Andrew Sullivan, in the equivalent of one of those workplace indoctrination seminars in which any disagreement is regarded as a form of hate or ignorance. But worse, I was in a struggle session with a live mob sitting in, cheering and jeering, which Stewart led and orchestrated. For good measure, Stewart called me a racist and told me I was not living in the same effing country as we are and went on to angrily call me an M-effer. I'm a big boy, writes, and smiled through these assaults, but it does strike me as astounding that someone who once insisted that he believed in good faith, that is, good faith debates and not circus-like theater, someone who postured as open-minded and disdainful of silly political grandstanding, behaved this unprofessionally. Stewart's show made the old... Carlson Begala crossfire seemed like a model of substantive elevated debate, he said. Stewart's a moron. That he's down for the struggle now. And he takes him apart. He really takes him apart, does Andrew Sullivan, point by point, argument by argument. And we will link this on marklevinshow.com. I don't know that I've ever linked anything. Andrew Sullivan, I I think he fancies himself a libertarian. I'm not 100% sure. I think we went at it 10 or 20 years ago. It really doesn't matter. But what he writes here really does uh, shred John Stewart as the clown that he is. And John Stewart poses as some kind of intellectual or quasi-intellectual. He's actually a very stupid guy. He plays to the audience. He's actually a very stupid guy who plays to the audience. And I know a lot of you folks out there who suffer and have suffered from 9-11. And you're big on John Stewart on that. I didn't say that stupid people, even evil people, don't from time to time do good things. But he is a stupid person pushing a very evil ideology. And we're not required to just sit here and take it. Because he's attacking many of you, black, white, and in between. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Now, it'd be nice if the rhinos, for once, rather than attacking conservatives, rather than attacking Donald Trump, rather than promoting their own ilk, would actually stand up for issues that, that are important to America and can help America. This guy, Representative Madison Cawthorn, is a young man. It's a young guy. He's paralyzed from the waist down from a car accident. He has said some things that are disagreeable. He has said some things that he's had to walk back. But you would think some of these Republicans would take him under his, their wing and give him advice, and give him some direction, help him along. He didn't commit a crime. He's not out to destroy America, like so many in Congress are. He's not a threat to anybody. He's a young man. He's a patriot. And yet the establishment Republicans circle the wagons and start to destroy the guy. He doesn't do what Liz Cheney does, try to destroy other people, or Adam Kingsinger. Here we're facing disaster at home from this administration, whether it's open borders, whether it's the murder rate and crime. Disaster abroad president selling out the United States, the state of Israel, the moderate Arab states, who bent over backwards for Russia. Ukrainians are paying a horrific price for being free, and we're not doing enough. There's so much more to focus on than trying to ruin Madison Cawthorn. He's a big boy. He'll survive or fail in the Republican primary in his race and so forth. But why not give him a helping hand? Why not give him a helping hand? People position themselves as good people. Right? It's happy warriors. Why not like that Levin, you know, after all? But I find many of these rhinos really are nasty. They really have a nasty streak. You look at McConnell. He's a nasty dude from everything I hear. But he's not alone. They breed nastiness. Look at Romney. He's a vicious, poisonous individual. But there's more. There's others. So people are piling on to attack Madison Cawthorn. They don't know this young man. 
They don't know what he's been through. They don't know what's going on in his head. But it's a freebie. Taking on McConnell, that's a price you'll pay. Taking on Romney, that's a price you'll pay. It's an amazing thing. You wouldn't expect this from me, but I'm just telling you. It's how I am. I've met this young man. I don't know him well at all. On two occasions, just passing him. He's in his wheelchair. He's a very nice young man. Very nice young man. A lot nicer than most of these politicians in Washington. Certainly a lot nicer than most of the people in the press. Get the hell off his back. All the tough guys and tough gals out there, get the hell off this kid's back. You want to help him? Pull him aside, give him a call, give him some advice. Don't pile on. That's what bullies do. You want to be tough? Take on McConnell. How about Larry Hogan? You want to be tough? Take on Larry Hogan. How about that schmuck Chris Sununu in New Hampshire? Mr. Tough Guy Governor. All these liberal Republican governors, I can't stand them. I cannot stand these people. I remember Larry Hogan's father was really a good guy. He lost his seat. Remember the house back then from Prince George's County area? He was on the uh, Judiciary Committee. And he was one of the most articulate supporters of Richard Nixon. In the end, he voted against him. But he was a principled man. Larry Hogan's not principled. Larry Hogan's feet are firmly planted in the air. He'll do whatever it takes to grab attention. Whatever it takes. But why do I say this about old Larry? I'll tell you when we return. Be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Does it better than Mark Levin? I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Well, we had uh, David Mamet on the show, as you know, on Sunday. His book, Recessional, is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I don't normally do that. I looked to see what his book was before he came. It was number 50,000 or so. It's number three now. On Amazon. I want to encourage you to get it. It's a really, really good book. It's beautifully written. I mean, after all, the gentleman is a playwright. Written many movies like The Untouchables and so forth. That's one of my favorite movies. And uh, he he explains his uh, evolution from radical, almost communist, to uh, Trump's supporting conservative. And it's very, very well explained and written and just a lot of insight 
in the book. You might say, oh, I've heard that story before. You haven't heard this story. You haven't heard this story. So I want to encourage you to get your copy. Just uh, go to Amazon.com. It's called Recessional, The Death of Free Speech and the Cost of a Free Lunch. will be with us Sunday as well. There's a lot of books out there, but I like this one. Larry Hogan. Larry Hogan wants to be president. President of what? I'm not sure. I think the United States. He wouldn't be president of the local 7-Eleven if I had my way. What has he done that's so fantastic? Other than constantly cut deals with liberal Democrats. What has he done? Nobody knows. But he's a Trump hater. That's enough. So the Trump haters are lining up to run for president. That's what they have to offer. Can you imagine Larry Hogan as president? Where does he stand on immigration? Spending. Death penalty. Abortion. You know he's center left or left. Otherwise he wouldn't have been elected in Maryland. And so all of us are supposed to follow the Larry Hogans of the world. Or the Chris Sununus. Boy, that must have been tough getting elected in New Hampshire for Chris Sununu. Of the Sununu uh, High Wire Act. How many Sununus are there? They're like the Bushes. They just keep coming. You know what I mean? One after another, after another, after another. Oh, there's Chris. I can't tell Chris Sununu from the other one who was Senator Sununu, from the other one who was the father, the Governor Sununu, the Sununu. By the way, how many U's in Sununu must produce? That's a good question. How many N's in Sununu? How many jackasses in Sununu? Well, one jackass at a time. Here's Larry Hogan on CNN yesterday, so that kind of gives it away, doesn't it? Larry. Larry. You're welcome to come on here, Larry. Cut 15, go. Your fellow Republican governor, DeSantis in Florida, he suggested that he will retaliate against Disney after it criticized... Now, first, first of all, first of all, you need to be smart enough to know that this Dana Bash on CNN is not a journalist, and she is going to use you to attack another Republican. Otherwise, you're a complete idiot. So he knows that's what's going on, but he wants to do it because he's jealous. He's not getting the national attention that he believes he deserves. He's the Arlen Specter of Maryland. Remember him? Sure you do. He's the... Susan Collins of Maryland, may I say. The Lisa Murkowski of Maryland. No following except in the media. Why? He's a useful idiot. He's a useful idiot. Like Lizzie, Dizzy Lizzie Cheney. Useful idiot. Like head case Adam Kingsinger. Useful idiot. So Larry is in the useful idiot club. May I call you Larry? I think I will. Could call you worse, but I'm calling you Larry. Go ahead. Say gay bill, which bans certain instruction about sexual orientation and gender identity in the classroom. What's your reaction to that? And then more broadly, it doesn't ban certain instruction, as you're suggesting, Ms. Bash. Did you read it? I know it's hard for you journalists, so-called, to read. It bans all of it. She says, your fellow Republican Governor DeSantis in Florida, he suggested he will retaliate against Disney after he criticized Florida's so-called don't-say-gay bill. 
You see how the media are corrupt? It says nothing about don't say gay, Bill. I'm challenging Bash right now. million dollars, you and me. Where does it say don't say gay, Bill, in the bill? Where's that language? Where are those words? Which bans certain instruction about sexual orientation and gender identity in the classroom? Go ahead. Make up that legislation. Well, I didn't, law, I I didn't really actually see the details of the so legislation. So if you didn't see the details, shut your big pie hole. Well, so you should say, I don't know what that bill says. I didn't read it. I'm running my own damn state. But he couldn't. Go ahead. The whole, the whole thing seems like uh, just a you know, crazy fight. Oh, um, yeah, just a crazy fight. You know, we in Maryland, we're all above this thing. You know, me, uh, Larry Hogan. No, it's just a crazy fight, you know. Just because the Florida legislature is Republican, the governor is Republican, and they're way ahead of me, Larry Hogan. That's just a crazy fight. Yeah, it's a crazy fight, ladies and gentlemen, to try and prevent the teachers' unions, among others, from teaching five-year-olds to eight-year-olds about sexual orientation, to sexualize your babies. That's a crazy fight to have, ladies and gentlemen. Can you imagine this jerk as president of the United States? I don't want to get involved in a crazy fight. Go ahead. Sure, it's, it concerns me. The census is always talking about, uh, you know, he was not not demanding that businesses do things, but he was, you know, telling the cruise lines what they had to do. He was telling no, local no, schools. No, 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 all right, all right, stop a second. This guy doesn't even understand capitalism or market capitalism. The fact of the matter is Disney gets special privileges from the state, genius. And he's saying, you know what, maybe we ought to pull those. Since Disney is trying to interfere with parental rights over their own children. It's not like DeSantis is sitting there and saying, as if he were Larry Hogan, you know what, there's a lot of money there. I think we're going to hammer those. He doesn't do that. So you're turning this upside down. With the cruise lines, he wanted them to get back to business. He was fighting the federal government and their mandates. There's a reason why people are leaving Maryland and moving to Florida. There's a reason why people are leaving New Jersey and New York and New Hampshire and most of the other states in the Northeast and going to Florida. I don't know. Is there a big influx of people other than bureaucrats moving into Maryland, ladies and gentlemen? I don't think so. Do people say, I want to live in Maryland because of their tax rates? No. I want to live in Maryland because, because, because they don't regulate me. No. Maryland's a beautiful state. Forget about the governor and the government. It's a beautiful state. There's a lot of things to do in Maryland. I can't think of one right now, but there's a lot of things to do in Maryland, especially if you like crabs. I mean eating crabs. beautiful water areas and so forth. But the government sucks there. It's awful. It's horrible. It violates the Bill of Rights when it comes to the Second Amendment and stuff like that. I don't know why they're in a fight there. I don't really understand. Of course you do. You're taking the wrong side on this thing, pal. Go ahead. Mandating, and now he's, he wants to criticize Disney for expressing... Oh, he was, he was telling local schools, mandating. You know, he's the governor, right? 
Now, the governor knows, Dana Bash doesn't, she's a certifiable imbecile, but the governor knows that the school districts are part of the state, and the school districts exist because the state created them. The state creates the towns, the state creates the counties. You have first-class cities, second-class cities, counties have different... That's all under various state codes that go way back to the beginning of the colonies. Ooh! The governor is telling the schools to let the parents decide how to raise their children. Is that a problem, Larry Hogan? I'll tell you what, if Larry Hogan runs for president in the Republican prime, he'll get slaughtered. But he doesn't care. He wants to go on CNN. Otherwise, I can't get on CNN, you know. He chose not to run for the Senate. You know why? He'd lose. Why would I run for such a lowly office? I am, after all, Larry Hogan. You can call me Larry. Just another liberal Republican schmuck. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Paul Screener, let me give you a little homework. I want you to find two or three of the absolute best, most direct places to donate to help the Ukrainian people. Can you do that? Because uh, I know this audience's heart and soul, and I know after seeing these grotesque photographs and video and what's been done to these people, that this audience has no doubt. We here are people of God, faith, and family. We love our freedom and we love our country. We fight for it every day. But what you're watching is evil, pure evil. The dark side, the underside of mankind. Where things are done to fellow human beings that animals wouldn't even think of. There's no debate here. Vladimir Putin is an animal. No, he's not an animal. He's a monster. And Biden won't say it, but I will. He's a genocidal monster. And while you and I can't get them the MiGs they need and the tanks they need and the armored personnel carriers they need... Because if they had the same equipment as the Russians, they'd be kicking their ass all the way back to Moscow. Not Leningrad. But they don't. So let's see if we can help them in our own way as red-blooded patriotic Americans and and the great Levinites in this audience. We salute our armed force police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker friends, God bless you, and our fellow freedom fighters in Ukraine. Be well. 